0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about
1: them, Cowboys! Yeah! This,
0: this
2: is Mick Shot, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. I would say it is time to hit the practice field for another week of football for your Dallas Cowboys, which is happening at this moment just outside the SWBC Mortgage Studios here at Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. The Cowboys are taking the field at 2.30 practice time today as they get set to face The Washington football team on Sunday, on the road. See if their luck will improve on the road. I am Bill Jones inside the SWBC Mortgage Studio. Mickey Spagnola inside the SWC Mortgage Mickey Studio. Everson Walls, you're in your own SWBC Mortgage Studio.
1: How does it feel to be at the studio? Are you more Are you in tune?
2: It feels like to the I am
1: Cowboys and their needs.
2: I feel it feel like I am on the inside now. You know when you see there you go. Mickey as you know when you walk big time info. You walk into this building and you see an outdoor practice about to start. An outdoor practice about to start. And uh, the equipment guys coming on the field. And you know when mixed shot starts that the players will be trickling out of that locker room and onto the field. It is football time once again. Everson Walls here at the Star in Frisco. It's time to put that Monday night game out of our minds and move on to Washington.
1: It's behind me. It's behind me. There you go. It's way back in my rearview mirror. <laughs> Even though I'm gonna have more 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 notes <laughs> to, to more pass notes. along, I will have huh? more notes, but yeah, I, I, you know, still it's, emotionally, it's behind me.
2: There you That's go. There you go, and you can we can learn from it. And I think the team is learning from what happened on Monday night, and hopefully they put it into practice out here today, and then into a game situation against Washington. By the way, as Mickey Spagnola maybe will get his microphone ready, <laughs> ready to go here, I'd like to take it, this opportunity. He forgot
1: in his show. He forgot. Yeah, Yeah.
2: Everson, I'd like to take this opportunity to give some credit to the producer of this show, Chris Beam, who works tirelessly behind the scenes (laughs) to get this thing operating. And yet, human error can come into play when... Some of the talent forgets to put a microphone on. And that's what a producer has to put up with. A producer can work 23 hours and 59 minutes to get this thing ready, but if that talent doesn't put a microphone on, all that work is, is gone for naught.
3: It was a headset, not a microphone. It was a what? My oh, headset. your headset. I forgot to put
1: my headset on. Oh, okay. You have your headset on hey, let's, now though. Let's let's be real. When you've got three old guys over sixty years old, you're bound to have some uh, production issues. That's why Chris cannot get paid enough. <laughs> Mickey,
2: do you have a microphone on, by the way? I, I, I do. Don't No, oh, there you go. There yes. you go. You can't you're hear me? I, I can hear you. Yeah. You just did uh, right. you have it you have it hidden very well. Uh,
3: it's on my phone, actually. All right. Very good.
2: All right, Mickey, bring us up to speed on what we yes. need to know, even though you are not inside the building, you're in your own studio there. I know you, you have peeps inside the building.
3: <laughs> well, this, this kind of made me, I don't know if it made me giggle, but this is what this season has come to. We've have to ask questions about Brandon Knight not being there for this coming game. Can you believe that? We're worried about Brandon Knight. Mm. Uh, Who is
1: Brandon Knight again? Yeah, there you
3: go. <laughs> He's only been just starting. A at, That's a joke.
1: That's a joke. Okay. Just been just starting at
3: left tackle for the last four games or three games, whatever it is. But they're not going to have him available for the what, next what, couple if, weeks. Did he get hurt? He, he did. Uh, he ended up uh, having to have a scope to fix torn meniscus in his, I uh, believe it was his right knee. Uh, oh, so now geez. they've got even more problems because now they got to find somebody for this Washington game uh, to play left tackle. You know what? So that's the that's the newest dilemma.
2: You know what? I've got torn meniscus in my left knee, and I've been dealing with it for 10 years. I went to a doctor about 10 years ago with pain in my knee, and he said he would recommend surgery, but... If you were an athlete, he would recommend surgery. But you're not an athlete, so go find an elliptical instead of jogging. And so I've been on an elliptical for ten years. And now you're telling oh me, God. you're telling me that I could have had surgery on my torn meniscus, and I would be back jogging
3: two weeks later. And I've spent ten years now. Well, I got an addendum to that statement because uh, if you remember back in. I want to say it was the 95 season, uh, Jay Novacek uh, had torn meniscus in his knee, uh, and he had the scope, so he missed the last game of the season. He missed the bye uh, or the first round of the playoffs because the Cowboys had a bye, and by the third week, he was back playing in the playoffs, right? So I had a friend, uh, m- m- one of my doubles partners and in tennis, And he was having meniscus problem. I said, well, go get it scoped. If that's what they tell you to do, you'll be back in three weeks. Well, about six months later, he was still having problems (laughs) with his knee. But that's
1: what happens when you're getting the scope when you're 35 instead of 55, you know. And it's also what happens when you get your advice from a friend and not a doctor. Yeah. Here's the other. No, the doctor rec- the doctor recommended it.
2: Here's but the, I was just
3: giving him what happened to Nova Check, Here Here's know?
2: the other problem that you run into if you if the doctor advises you to get surgery, arthroscopic surgery on your torn meniscus at age fifty. I don't care what he says. Go ahead and get it done. Okay, because if you then decide at age sixty the insurance will not approve your surgery because there's a greater (laughs) chance that you will get arthritis, and so they won't even approve it at age 60. So, there you go. So, Brandon Knight, you are doing
3: the right thing. We digress.
2: (laughs) No, we're not digressing. We're relating it to Brandon Knight, and this is my... (laughs) Dr. Jones' advice to Brandon Knight, you are doing the right thing to go ahead and get that corrected right now at age 25, and you'll be back in two weeks. No problem at all. Now, Mickey, the question is, what do the Cowboys do
3: at left tackle in the meantime? Well, that's a a really good question, and Mm -hmm. I don't know how much we'll find out today because uh, Mike McCarthy pointed out since they played on uh, Monday night and really only had a one-day break before returning to practice today today was gonna be a walkthrough practice basically so they're not gonna they'll put the pads on again uh, tomorrow so an easy practice tomorrow now you would normally say well the the, the guy you signed to be the presumptive backup swing tackle cam Irving uh, would just take charge but now that he's he's off IR he is ill And that's why he wasn't available for the game on Monday night so McCarthy said we'll have to see where he is this week so if he can't go uh, because you would assume he would be your left tackle uh, then you got to start going into this this uh, depth on the uh, either practice squad or your 53-man roster now the one guy that's on the 53-man roster listed as a tackle uh, that's not already playing is Greg Sanat uh, who they signed off the Cleveland practice squad like two weeks ago uh, they also have Jordan Mills a veteran who's on the practice squad he's been in the league seven years uh, we haven't heard a peep from him on if he's available and they had also signed Eric Smith uh, an offensive tackle so between those guys someone's gonna have to go out there and play uh, left tackle, uh, my guess is next to Blake Bell. Because they better put a tight end over there. Mm. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I see what you did there, Spags. I like
3: that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. hey, well, listen, so uh, we're talking about replacements. At one point, we were talking about Zach Martin being able to do something like that. But that was before his concussion the other night. Am I I'm on the right track, Spags?
3: He would he would have been the emergency guy in game uh, to move out to tackle and you're right he's still in the concussion protocol and that normally you know it's a short week so probably won't know much about him until at least Friday because you have to be able to uh, when you're in the percu- concussion protocol uh, finally get cleared to go out and do some physical activity and then you have to come back the next day without any symptoms of the concussion. So it's a three- to four-day process, and they're running out of time on that one. So uh, now, you know, you're going to be looking if – and I don't know that they want to do that. Uh, So you're looking for a backup to the backup to the backup at left (laughs) tackle. That's what this season has come to.
1: So Cam Irving, uh, he's been sick already for – a couple Before of
3: training camp started, he had problems, if you think about it, and then okay. he finally got out there, and in the first game on special teams, he gets rolled up on, uh, and he had a sprained uh, MCL, uh, and it was a significant sprain, uh, so he put him on IR, and then when he's ready to come off of IR, he was ill like Saturday um, and so th- who knows if he's ready to go. And if he's ready to go, is, is he ready to go with one practice? You know you're going to put him out there? So, yeah, now, Mickey, trouble in River City.
2: Mickey, there was a g- report that he they were putting him on the COVID list, but apparently that was either erroneous or he tested negative. What Do you know anything about that?
3: Yeah, I, I, my understanding, he did test negative. Okay. Uh, so it was so more, he, had, he was sick, uh, but flu, he did not have flu-like COVID. Sick symptoms. Okay. Right? Yeah, okay. exactly. That was my understanding. So, uh, wow. so yeah. Uh, when it rains, it pours, guys. Can Randy Gregory play left tackle? <laughs>
1: <laughs> he could beat the left tackle. I don't know if he could play a left tackle, <laughs> but he could defeat a left tackle. <laughs>
3: they'll need. They'll need all the help they can get on the defensive line.
2: Well, and speaking of Randy Gregory, uh, he is eligible to play on Sunday against Washington. And so, all eyes, of course, on him on the practice field as they have been the last uh, couple of weeks. And uh, all systems appear to be go for Randy Gregory to be active on Sunday, right?
3: Yes, absolutely. He had good practices last week. uh, And, um, you know, he'll put the pads on again tomorrow. And I would imagine that, you know, as McCarthy keeps saying, they want to have ten guys active on that defensive line. Uh, then you know, yeah, get them out there. Because uh, I don't see anybody uh, so far uh, from what they've done on that defensive line that's not expendable. Like well, I got to bring him up. I got to sit somebody down. Well, Who go cares? ahead and sit somebody down. Because yeah, please sit him uh, down. <laughs> I mean they they need to increase pressure on opposing quarterbacks without having to uh blitz a lot. So, were
2: you able to uh look at much of the defensive line uh, on coaches film from Monday night?
3: Uh, I I did look at a little and they you, you know, we talked about it yesterday some of the different things they tried. Um do you have a do you have another name for a package when you have seven defensive backs? That's more that, than a dime. That's right.
2: right. It, uh, and it, <laughs> so you got the nickel would be five. The dime is six. <laughs> and so uh, yeah, I guess it does. It go up
3: to a quarter then. We got to come up. We got to come up with another nickname because but, at at times in the game they they were using uh, Jalen Smith as one of the down four uh, rushers. That's right. Uh, in in to accentuate and then have more uh, defensive backs and safeties at the line of scrimmage
1: that when was, they were in definite passing situations. Yeah,
2: that was their third down package, basically. The
1: only, the, basically. only, the, only uh, the only coin piece left is a penny. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what, what can you do? It's the, the penny defense. It's about worth a penny from what I've seen so far. Ooh. So, yeah, that would be an, an adequate uh, moniker for that. It, right now, I don't care what they call it. They got to play it. And right. uh, you can have as many defensive linemen as you want in a ball game. None of them are getting to the quarterback. None of them are even putting down enough pressure, enough to where we could even make a turnover, make a difference in a ball game. Uh, has anyone talked to Mike Nolan? Is is he is he able to speak? Can he defend his defense? What has been what has been coming out of out of his camp?
3: Yeah, he hasn't spoken. Uh, he normally, the coordinators speak on Mondays, but Monday obviously was a game day. I think they've moved the coordinators, if I remember on the schedule, to, to Friday. Uh, so m- we should hear more from him. Uh, you know, he understands that, you know, they've got to be better. Uh, you know, the one change he did make is I didn't see him. I, I don't know. And if I did, I missed a couple. But they kind of scrapped going into that 3-4, and they basically were in a four-man front uh, that entire game, which they should be, in my humble opinion, uh, because that 3-4 wasn't working. uh, And at times, that four-man front isn't working against the run either. Uh, Their gap fits are still off. Um, You know, now they don't have Tristan Hill. Who thought we'd say that before the season started? (laughs) Tristan Hill and Brandon Knight were worried about Um, It's amazing what this has come to, but I think we we touched on it yesterday, and Mike kind of gave him an attaboy today. Justin Hamilton uh, was called, you know, they signed him off the the practice squad, and in 19 snaps, he had three tackles. Uh, So to me, if you give him 38 snaps, maybe he has six tackles, and that'll be more than anybody else has been producing uh, on that defensive front, Uh, other than, you know, Demarcus Lawrence, who... May not be coming up with sacks, but he's certainly been coming up with tackles and, and pressures. Uh, so they need somebody else to come along with them. Uh, Alden Smith, since his four sack game, uh, has not gotten one uh, since. Uh, so they need they need pressure. They need pressure on these young quarterbacks uh, m- to make sure that they don't get comfortable in the
1: pocket. You know, to I'm- me, I think it needs to be. Let me let me say this, Bill. They need, there needs to be, it needs to be identified on exactly what the problem is. Is the problem communication? Is the problem talent? Is the problem the system? Is the problem the coach? You see, you've got, you've got at least four different categories there where you have to identify what the problem is first. This is like surgery now. Let's find out what the problem is because we're all out here bitching about what they're not doing. You, They are also are bitching about what they're not doing. According to, I, I think there was some rumors out there that the players are still complaining about the coaches. They're not complaining about what they're not doing. They seem to get, to still be trying to put it on the game plan. Now, you know. I'm, I'm, I can go either way on that, but what I see as a former player is that the players need to be accountable. And when you, when you try and you know, break this whole thing down, from what I see is either they're being coached wrong or they don't understand what they're trying to do because I see mistakes by the players. I don't know if the system is the problem. I see mistakes by players over and over again. Now, if they're being told or taught the wrong way, then, yeah, we can put that on someone else. But as a player, former player, I'm looking at the, the present players now. Are they accountable? And I just see too many mistakes out there just from the naked eye to where I, I, I can't just put this on coaches. That the players have to be uh, accountable in, in, in a big way. And, and, Bill, I got something to say about
3: that when we come back Yeah, from break.
2: that's what I was going to say. Let's explore further into that. And Sean Lee spoke to the media today. He has something to say about that as well when we come back on Mixed Shots in just a moment.
0: Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery... Back, back, back. To shots.
2: Looking for something to change up your dinner routine? Help support local Frisco businesses by choosing one of the star district restaurants for information on delivery, takeout, and curbside pickup and dine-in availability, visit the stardistrict.com. All right, Everson uh, brought it up in the last segment. Mickey wants to sound off on it, and this would be about anonymous players calling out coaches to the media. Mickey, take it away.
3: Saying that uh, they don't prepare them, they don't know how to coach, uh, that uh, they don't make in-game changes. Uh, Mike McCarthy addressed it two days in a row last night and this morning and he and he said the anonymous is something I don't want to recognize which I can understand uh, that statement and the, my thoughts are if you got a complaint the media can't fix it go go tell somebody that can fix it you know go tell one of the coaches man up uh, and, and, and it reminded me, Uh, of the little, you know how Bill Parcells, when he got here, he had all his little sayings up there. I don't know if he did it in New York, uh, Everson. I led my sportscast last night with
2: it. I, <laughs> all right. I sportscast so last night. Shots. If I can remember exactly, I, I know where you're going. <laughs>
3: losers. I got it, and I'm the big Shots column today with it. There you because go. Because losers assemble in small groups and complain about coaches and other players. Winners assemble as a team uh, and find ways to win. That's right. So it, it just made me think of that uh, immediately. Uh, and, and and think about this, they're, they're, the, the locker room's not open. So somebody had to been called and complained to somebody anonymously on the phone. Uh, and so uh, I, I just think, like Everson said before we went to break, if you got something to say, say it. You know, say it to the coaches. I don't think you're going to offend Mike McCarthy. Uh, I think he's got pretty thick skin. He's been through a lot. Um, I imagine at some point in all those years in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers complained about something to him. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I just think that's what happens when you start to lose. Uh, and, and it was one of, I thought, Bill Parcell's great quotes. Uh, and and it's almost like, okay, say something, but, but, but don't say it behind my back.
1: You know, we did that back in, uh, well, a lot of people did that, tried to say I hate that. I hate that term, unnamed sources, things of that nature. Uh, if you know, back in the day, back in the '80s, we had Gary Myers, we had uh, Jim Dent, we had Skip Bayless. They couldn't wait for some dirt to come dropping out of anybody's locker, and so uh, we had some issues uh, as far as management and players were concerned. I was a union rep, and I had no choice but to put my quote behind my name. I, that's just the way you you roll. I mean. You know, I I, God, I couldn't sleep at night if I sit up and and said something and was was too cowardly to uh, put my name behind it. That's just the way it goes. You you know, you have to be ready for that and accept the consequences. But what goes along with that is, it's going to cause a rallying cry, hopefully, and that rallying cry will hopefully bring teams together. It's like you said, the small crowds they're going to be about negativity, but if you're going to come together as a team. And that's where you voice all of your problems, in front of all of your teammates. Uh, usually coaches don't, aren't a part of that. I remember in New York, uh, after Parcells left, guys like Carl Banks, Pepper Johnson, uh, we didn't have that great uh, team that we had Super Bowl run. And uh, we ended up trying to get together. It didn't work for us. But we still were better people because we still tried to come together. And we were in a better position than these Cowboys are now, but we didn't make the playoffs that next year. But you can't let things fall apart uh, even more so because you guys are, are, are talking behind each other's back. It's like I said before the break. The players don't have much to complain about because I'm sitting up here as a former player. And there are times when, as players, Y'all better get together on your own and make some things happen because the coach's reputation is not what's suffering. It's the player's reputation that's suffering and the team overall is losing. That's the main thing. So, Bill, what did Sean Lee yeah, have
2: to say? Yeah, Sean Lee uh, uh, spoke with the media here within the last hour, and uh, here is what he said about the reports from an anonymous player talking about the coaches. You can never really take them serious. You don't know if the person is in the room or not in the room. Maybe they were or but aren't now. Sometimes you don't know if it's through a secondhand source, like it is a player, but maybe it's coming through an agent. You just won't speculate, so you have to just say, listen, the consensus in our locker room with our defense right now is that we all need to work hard. We all need to improve. There is no pointing the finger. The only way out of this is to keep faith in each other, and we have that faith. So like we said, anything anonymous, we're not going to worry about that. If somebody won't put their name on it, so be it. But we know that we need to stick together. We know we need to improve. And we're going to continue to stick together and do that. Um, So Sean Lee spoke to the media for the first time since when... He's been on injured reserve since the start of the season, and he does say, by the way, that he is going to try to do something in practice this week. So he's making improvement from having the uh, hernia surgery uh, last month, and uh, so he's he's on the road to playing in games soon. But I don't, Mickey, I don't think it's coincidence that Sean Lee talked to the media today after these reports came out.
3: Bill, God knows they need him on the field. But they need him in the locker room to have the voice he's always had. They need that guy.
2: And on the sidelines, uh, too. I mean, know, these, uh, the, the guys on injured reserve yes. this year, and, uh, they, they can't be on the sideline because there's only a certain number of uh, personnel that can be on the sideline due to COVID restrictions.
3: That's right. They just need his voice out there. Uh, I think the other players respect him. I think they respect him greatly. Uh, and, and remember, he played pretty well last year, uh, and 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 he and he wasn't hurt, as I remember. He got through the whole season, and then this cropped up. Uh, during, well, apparently, when they were in their strength and conditioning.
2: Apparently, this was something that was bothering him at the end of the season last year, and then once he ramped it up during training camp, it went on him, and so he had to have the surgery.
3: Right, and that's that's the one, Everson, and I think we've talked about this before, where people see that. And it's like, well, why didn't he just have surgery back in May? And it's like, <laughs> it's surgery.
1: <laughs> yeah, no one wants to have surgery. They, they talk of it as if it's a manicure, pe- a mani-pedi, right? Yeah, this yeah. Serious stuff we're talking about. And, you know, when you talk about Sean Lee's presence, that's going to be uh, very important uh, going forward. But but let's be real. Whoever that uh, unnamed source was, you know they, they, they may have had a point, meaning that things have to be addressed. We can't go on as if, oh, well, we've got faith in each other, so we're going to stick to the plan. No, no. The plan needs to change. Something needs to change. The plan needs to change. Personnel needs to change. There's no doubt about that. That I think everyone should agree upon, whether it's an unnamed source or not, whether you like how the information came out or not. Something has to give. So, so the, the, the process needs to change, uh, more meeting time, less practice, I don't know. But it seems as if the communication between player and coach is not there. Thank God for Sean Lee, thank God for whoever's out there trying to work hard and, and being positive in this manner. But when it comes down to it, whoever that unnamed source is, They've got a
2: point. Would you like to hear uh, the what uh, happened with the Sean Lee surgery, what they had to do with that surgery? They they had to reattach his,
1: I already ate, so I'm good.
2: <laughs> they ate, they so had good. to reattach his abs to his pelvic bone. He says the first couple of weeks were hard, but the last couple of weeks I made a lot of jumps and I feel great. But it's uncertain when he's gonna be able to get to the point where he's playing in a game, obviously. But he's going to try to do some individual and scout team stuff this week.
3: Well, he's been he's been rehabbing on the side, and uh, doing you know the resistant cords and all the stuff he can do, and and of course only Sean Lee uh, will then go when practice starts. Instead of going in like most guys do, he goes and watches with his helmet on, right? With his helmet on, like he's trying to edge his way into practice without
1: pads. Oh, <laughs> he's my unbelievable. God. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is, oh my goodness. And here's uh, another quote. And you know, when you talk about when you talk about motivation, though, I, I'm sorry, Bill, but when you talk about motivation, I was going to say, motivation doesn't always come from yelling at people. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes, right. sometimes motivation can come from someone having the ability to see what's going on and have poise in that moment, you know, or or be able to see something that coaches may not see, just to tweak something. So let's hope that Sean Lee can bring that to the sidelines.
2: And and here's the other thing about it. I guarantee you, Sean Lee has an impact on the other linebackers, and just just in how you watch film and stuff. And with the COVID restrictions, I don't know how much they're even able to be together in the same room, watching film together. And so, and there there can be a great advantage in that if 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 he's alongside Leighton Vander Esch, and he can point out they're doing this, so you need to do that. But if he can't, he can't be in the same room with them, it's a lot more difficult to, to be able to show him something like that. Here's another quote from Lee on uh, McCarthy addressing the team today. It was great what he said about if you have a problem, come to my door. He doesn't have a problem talking to guys, embracing other people's opinions. Maybe he'll agree with you, maybe he won't. Conflict is not an issue for him. A so, hmm. little something else from Sean Lee. That's there.
1: a change. That's a big change right there. So let's go. All right, let's go to break and let's come back
0: with more mix shots here in just a moment. <laughs> hey there, Cowboys fans, with Tide Cleaners at Home Pickup and Delivery. What do you call a group of grown men and women who get together every week proudly wearing the star to share a three-hour-long ritual of cheering, shouting at the TV, and raising their Miller Lite together while yelling, how about them boys? You call it Miller Time and Cowboys Nation. Here's to the only beer of the Cowboys celebrating 60 years of greatness. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2020 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas.
2: Back, back, back. The Mixed Shots
3: Get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate cowboys fan. Join Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life, starting at just twenty bucks. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash United.
2: All right. Let's see. Our last segment here. We got about ten minutes left of mixed shots. Mickey, what's on your mind as the Cowboys hit the practice field and get ready for this Washington football team this week?
3: Well, uh, My my thought is that uh, you know Washington's calling card we thought was uh, their defensive front. They they got some pretty stout guys up there, Uh, but I was I was reading today that that defensive front these last couple games has been struggling. Uh, They can't get pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Uh, So maybe (laughs) that's a good sign uh, for uh, the Cowboys. The the fact that. uh, we're going to have a 2 and 4 Cowboys team against a 1 and 5 Washington team and i would imagine it's been quite some time since the records have been that poor when these two teams have met keep in and mind keep in mind this
2: in this is a Washington team that is a two point conversion away from being tied with the Cowboys at 2 and 4 for first place in <laughs> <to> the NFC <laughs> East they decided well, last no, week in but the the i have had second, to
3: still they still had to go into overtime and win. No, no, two. no. Oh, I see what you're saying. No, yeah. Had they made the two-point yeah, they uh, Yeah, they
2: went for two. Riverboat Ron decided to go for two instead of going. He could have kicked the extra point and gone into overtime. He decided to go for two. And I think perhaps... They decided, you know what, our best chance to stay in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes is to just go for two right here. <laughs> we, might, we might win this game in overtime.
1: <laughs> I tell you what, that would be their second Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, I'm sorry, their second Heisman Trophy quarterback, right, in, in about, what, three years?
2: So, uh, I, didn't didn't the quarterback? What
1: wasn't it? Hankins, Hankins. No, he didn't win the Heisman.
2: Haskins, Haskins. He didn't win the Heisman, but it'd be their second in the last ten years He's with yeah. RG 3 10 years ago. So, yeah, or however many yeah, years ago was it was true. that he came out.
1: Haskins and they traded, and they traded
3: for a first round pick too, right?
2: So, uh, Alan Smith. I will I will say this: there, I think I added up on Sunday and I could just look it up again but I don't have time to. There's about 10 teams in the league that have one or fewer wins. Okay? The Jets don't have a win and there's about nine other teams that have only one win right now. It's almost it's almost a third of the league only has one win or fewer, okay? And those stakes are very high. To have the worst record in the league this this year, I don't know if you've seen Trevor Lawrence play lately, but I mean, obviously he's he's uh, made a uh, he made an immediate impact at Clemson. But I watched him play against Georgia Tech on Saturday for a little bit, and wow, that guy! You talk about a power arm, and a guy who will immediately change the direction of your franchise. Trevor Lawrence is that guy. So there, There's a lot of teams that have a lot of
3: incentive not to
2: win games right now.
3: Well, I just counted it up. There's 14 teams. That's almost half the league with no more than two wins. Okay. And,
1: and, and, and you're say, right.
3: There's there's the, the, And there's only a couple with two, so the rest are one or nothing at this point.
1: And, and when you look at the way uh, Burrow has made a difference in Cincinnati, I know that the record may not reflect it, but – you know, a good quarterback can make a lot of a lot of average receivers look good as long as they're on the same page. So you're right, Bill. This guy could come through and really make a difference. I can't see him. I, I think it will still be the same struggles that a guy like Burrow is having right now, but you could still see the talent and you could still see him making a difference. No and doubt the, and the Dolphins so made the
2: decision to go with Tua now. They're starting Tua now. Um, and I mean, you saw, you know, Mahomes sat out a year, uh, but when he did, I mean, you wonder what what could have Mahomes done in that year where he was sitting out because he he was ready to roll <laughs> when he did get a chance to play in his second year. Obviously, these quarterbacks now they are so much uh, better prepared to make the transition into this league than they ever were before. That uh, you can you can go ahead and play them early now.
3: So where I was going with that Washington defensive front, it looks good after six games. They've got 16 sacks. Well, in the season opener against Philadelphia, they had eight sacks. Hmm. So they've had eight sacks in the last five games. Uh, Has Chase Young returned? uh, He was out there, I believe, this last game, uh, but they didn't get much pressure. And, you know, I was looking at the Cowboys' (laughs) defensive front. And we got all excited. Alden Smith had four uh, in that one game. Well, uh, after six games, the Cowboys have eleven sacks. So, other than Alden's four, everybody else on the team has seven in six games. It's not a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And, uh, and Chase uh, Young and that's has one thing that needs a.
2: And Chase Young has played Go the ahead. last two games. He had 44 snaps against the Giants and 45 the week before against the Rams uh, without a sack. He missed the Baltimore game, and it, it got hurt in the Cleveland game. So,
1: You know, we well, can talk about all of these uh, uh, accomplishments or, uh, you know, failures all we want. <clears throat> but as we've watched all of these games, and especially even the Cowboys games, even though something might look like a blowout like what we had the other night, there were key moments in ball game in, not just in our ball game, but in almost every ball game that could make a difference between the team's record. I mean, a big difference in between the, in, in, in a team's record. so as we prepared for Arizona, you know we pointed out all their shortcomings. Uh, we did the same with the teams before that, and those teams still came through and played us very well if they did not just outright kick our asses, right? So when you look at the losses that a Redskins team has had throughout the year, just like you said, Bill, just certain key plays in a ball game that made that bleak record the what it is. But when you look at the ball game itself, the outcome was in doubt until the very end. And that's in more than one game. So when we look at the record, is one thing. But as you look at the ball game itself, you don't want to be surprised by risking, I'm sorry, a Washington team that comes in here and all of a sudden they're playing lights out. And we're like, well, that's not what the scouting report said. Well, yeah, of course that's not what it said. Because you can't just put a player's or a team's effort on a scouting report. The game itself has to be watched. And then you'll, be, you'll appreciate just how much a team's uh, success hangs in the balance on a a few plays here and there throughout a ball game. Plus, it's the the Cowboys week in Washington. You know those people still get fired up about that, right? Division games, always different. They're always different. When they say stats go out the window, that's real.
3: Oh, I had a stat for you guys. I'm trying to find where I did with it. (laughs) Speaking of. (laughs) Opponents have converted 48.8% of their third down plays against the Cowboys. Almost 50% on third down. That needs to be down close to 30 to be considered good, right? 48.8%, which means going back to where we kind of started this discussion, they're just not getting much pressure on opposing quarterbacks or not enough. And the only game they really have in these last few uh, have been against the Giants. And what
1: happened? They ended up winning the game. And let me let me say one more thing. We talk. I I keep stressing situational football. Okay, <laughs> you just talked about it. Our third down situation is horrible. You have, and I think I've just answered my question. We tried to realize where the problems are. That's where you realize the problems are in those situations. You just call one out, Spags. So we, that's something we need to work on. It's not you don't just go into third downs blind blindly now right now you know what that thats an issue that you have to attack it's like surgery okay we pinpointed a problem and that needs to be part of their process going forward let's take care of these issues these specific strategic issues and then we'll go from there and can be a team and be successful but we got to take care of our issues first
2: and the uh Cardinals were like 7-for-13 on third down in the game the other day. And then they also converted a fourth down. So one of those third downs that they didn't convert, they went ahead and converted on fourth down. And uh, so, yeah, where that 48.8% ranks for the Dallas defense on third down, that's 27th in the league. That does not get it done. All
3: right. We're out of time. Especially on Especially when you combine that with a minus 12 in the turnover
1: differential. There you go. <laughs> combine- Two statistical Two statistical problems we have uh, already detected. See, there we go. We're on our road to recovery. There you go. And you, we
3: put our names on those statements,
1: too. That's right.
2: That's right. right. Okay, that does it for Mixed Shots for this Wednesday. And we will see you again on Thursday at 1.30 from inside our very own SWBC Mortgage Studios.